Thanks for joining us today on the nateholdridge.com podcast. Today we're talking about how to go to church and we're talking about some practical stuff, some heart-related stuff, all about really preparing our hearts for church, considering how to engage at church, and what to do even after a church service. How do we be active participants with our church at our gatherings? And today, we have a special treat for you. Pastor Matt Kaler, um, who's on staff at Calvary Monterey, is going to be joining us today in this conversation. So let's get into it. So how often did your parents just tell you guys to go to church? Was it like all the time in your rebellious years? They or? didn't even have to. They didn't, <laughs> it was huh? Just, That's right. It was known. <laughs> it was just part of the It's da- funny that you say that because I, I was just talking to uh, a mom recently and I was like, but you need to tell your kid to go to church. She's like, really? I'm like, yeah, got, you should tell him that? to go to church. He's like 11. And uh, yeah. she's like, oh, I can do that? I'm like. Well, yeah, he's 11, right? We're not talking about a 23-year-old that's living on his own, right? She's like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, bring him to church. He was there the next week. I got to meet him. That's awesome. Yeah, Dude, I think 11 years old, that's when I was trying to fake sick every Saturday afternoon to just like not have to go yeah. to church in the morning. I wanted to just like ride my skateboard or something like that. Yeah, oh, that's <laughs> my awesome. My mom would be like, you got to go to church. You got to go. Yeah. I, I eventually loved it. It's but. funny. I never... I never had that. I think there was just, you know, from an early age, um, God just had a call on my life. No, I'm just mm. joking. But um, <laughs> so spiritual. <laughs> so what? good. Who is this new voice? <laughs> yeah. This new spiritual uh, voice. This is none other than Pastor Matt Kaler. That's right. That's right. But this is What's a up, new guys? voice to the podcast. Um, Matt is a, a pastor here at Calvary Monterey. And uh, for our listeners who maybe haven't heard your voice, Matt. Would you yeah. mind just kind of saying who you are and what you do here at the church? Absolutely. Yeah. Great to be here, guys. Thanks. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of the podcast. You guys do a great job. <laughs> uh, so thanks for having me here. Uh, so my name is Matt Kaler. I am an assistant pastor here, and I get to oversee our life groups ministry. So we've got uh, around 40 groups that meet week to week and uh, in homes all throughout the peninsula. It's a huge part of what I get to do is just kind of disciple, encourage, and equip leaders in that mm. in that kind of realm. And then um, week to week, uh, part of Sunday services, I get to hang out in Sanctuary 2, which is kind of our, our alternate you know sanctuary on site. Uh, I get to hang there with Riley. It's awesome. And, uh, and then counsel people during the week, um, do just various things, a lot mm. of premarital counseling that I get to be a part of. So, and then anything else that that I, I need to do so that's cool. love being here yeah you do do a lot of premarital counseling i feel like i've never seen any pastor do as many marriages in such a short amount of time as yeah. you have it's been wild yeah it's been cool you're really cranking them out <laughs> yeah you know i'm i'm really yeah i'm really encouraging people to get married or something i don't know but uh but yeah, I've been cool to be There's a just part something of about five you, or you six. know like a single man and a single woman they both look at you and they're like we should get married. We need to get married. And that guy <laughs> needs to take care of the job. Oh, man. I know. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, to walk people through that, just such a crucial stage of their, you yeah, know, their good. union together. It's it's one of the coolest things that I get to do. I love it. Mm. But um, but yeah, it's slowed down. I don't have any premarital counseling going on right now. So 
maybe there's somebody listening to this podcast that wants to the get Lord's married. Putting there you it go. On your heart. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Got an opening in my calendar. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, it's really great having you here, Matt, especially for this conversation today about how to go to church. Um, and I think that we can all, you know, empathize with the person maybe who's listening to this podcast who has had a hard time getting to church or maybe has had a bad experience with church, maybe does love going to church. Yeah. Uh, there's people who have had so many different kind of experiences with uh, the church at large. And today to talk about how to actually go to church mm-hmm. is just a, such a, it's such a cool conversation, I think, to have. Mm-hmm. And I think just even you saying that, that's mm-hmm. part of the reason I wanted to write that article in the first place was just realizing there are so many different experiences right. out there. People are coming from, you know, so many different walks of life and cultures and backgrounds. Yeah, totally. So because of that, we can all carry into the body of Christ. And, you know, when we're talking about going to church, we all understand that the that the people are the church right so when i go to grab a burrito with you we can have you know some form of fellowship and church Mm -hmm. and you know interaction together because we form the church because we're god's Mm -hmm. people but we're just kind of using the phrase to talk about sunday you know when we corporately gather together and because of all those different backgrounds we kind of come maybe with different expectations or sets of rules and Mm -hmm. because there's like seats there and there's maybe a platform or a stage or something like that, we might equate it to, oh, well, when I go to the movies, this is how I act there, you Mm. know, so is that kind of how I act here? And there are, I think, certain things that we want to talk about that um, will lend to a person getting the most out of actually being part of their local church when they gather because that's ultimately the goal it's like that's what we want we want to get everything out of this that we possibly can yeah i even think the way that you kind of framed it at the beginning i liked you know you mentioned the church gathering so there's this idea that we're coming together as a group with Mm. with an express goal yeah to honor god to meet with with god's people yeah i think even using the word service sometimes we can think um you know i'm going to a church service Maybe, maybe in a similar way of like a memorial service, although, you know, you're not going to a funeral, hopefully, when you go to a church service. But, you know, there, there's this idea that everything's going to mm. happen at for me, me, for me. Right, that's true. But the gathering seems to be a little bit more kind of participatory. And I really like that you kind of framed it that way and, mm. and that we do have a, a big part to play in mm-hmm. this. So that's absolutely where my heart's at, mm. being able to be there, you know, with people week to week and kind of interact with people. Mm, that's good. In the article too, Nate, you talk a lot about, um, yeah, just like the gathering of the church. And even before like the gathering of the church, you talk about how it starts with God. And I would love just to hear what you guys think about that, like the whole act of going to church and how it really does begin with God. Like, could you kind of just expound on that, Nate, maybe for a moment of what that looks like for somebody actually going to church? Yeah, I mean, you know that our church, we just got done taking a look at the seven letters that Jesus wrote to the church in Revelation. And actually this very week that we're recording this podcast, I just finished writing a short book based on those teachings on the seven letters. Yeah, looking forward to, you know, editing that and going through that process, getting that done. But, you know, the idea there is that Jesus is walking in the midst of the seven golden lampstands in Revelation 1 through 3, and that as he's walking through the midst of those lampstands, those lampstands represent the church. Mm -hmm. So the idea is that as they collectively gathered, Jesus was 
specially especially present amongst them and of course that's a that's a concept you know that we believe about god you know that we believe that he's everywhere at all times but we also believe that he is especially present in special ways or for special purposes right. in various settings so when the body of christ gathers together he's there to encourage to build up to convict to redeem to corporately work together on the spiritual heart of his people uh, he's there to save there's a lot of things that he he himself is there uh, for a purpose and i think that's just a huge part of the mentality that a believer has to have when coming to church just realizing like god is here yeah you know he's present i i, I hesitate to say god is going to church too mm-hmm. because obviously you know he's everywhere at, at all right. times but in in the in the sense of he he is present in our midst and having that kind of expectation i think it really mm-hmm. changes even just the simple thing of going to grab a cup of coffee out right. you know in the lobby after the church service is over with or going to you know interact with a children's ministry worker and like thanking them for a, a job well done or yeah. you know introducing yourself to a new person or asking someone how it's going like these are simple things mm-hmm. that as the songs are playing you know as all of it's happening to have a concept god is is here mm-hmm. he's present there are things that he wants to do uh, is just, I think, vital to you know really receiving from the Lord and being used by the Lord during that time. Hmm. Wow, yeah, that puts like a different kind of oomph to it, I feel like, rather than just getting in your car and going to a church for the sake of just kind of checking off a to-do list on your on your list, mm-hmm. it's more of like a, no, I'm going to meet with God, I'm going to meet with God's people, and I'm going to give myself... In that kind of way, yeah, I find that kind of way. I, I find that if I'm sitting there at the beginning of a, a Bible study, a teaching, a sermon, and I'm asking the question, "What does this guy want to say?" Hmm. It's so different than if I'm saying, "Is there anything the Lord wants to say? Is there anything yeah. God wants to say through this speaker today?" Hmm. That's just a totally different ballgame. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I think it changes everything. I just totally agree with. You, Nate. That was that was really good. And Thank you. That, that's more than that's what you're here for. Oh, Amen. good. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to stick to my notes. Agree with Nate. Laugh at jokes. Um, you know, I think it does change everything. I think it changes the receiving of the message. I think it changes your participation in worship, hmm. you know, to where if it is about God, you know, it's not about the worship team. It's not so much about the style or the hmm. song or... You know, um, maybe even the the level of music, you know, yeah, or the right. volume, or those kind of things that we could we could kind of get a little bit more hung up on. But it really is about the Lord. So I could worship to a band that's completely dialed in and just providing a an opportunity for me to just be, you know, ushered in to the presence of the Lord through song. I know, and I can, you know, as well be be edified and built up and praise the Lord through mm. somebody just with a banjo praising Jesus and oh yeah <laughs> singing off key like whatever it is yeah huh I love that Riley it, likes the second scenario better anyway. he likes the banjo he likes the banjo <laughs> I like the banjo that yeah. sounds exciting to me sure. I don't know we take it to Nashville or maybe. something <laughs> it kind of speaking about just the importance of um, gathering with the church. Um, what would you say to somebody who may- maybe has a hard time, you know, I-, I feel like I've talked to people before who 
don't feel the need to go to church. They're just like, you know, it's me and God. <clears throat> I feel like connected to God better just by myself. What do you say to that person who doesn't really want to meet with other Christians? Like, is What's the importance of that? Yeah, Matt. I think um, I heard that. I heard that kind of going around years ago, this idea that I can have church anywhere and mm-hmm. I can take church with me. And, you know, church for me is, is as legitimate down the street at a coffee shop right. or at a pub or whatever it is with my buddies. And, um, you know, first of all, I don't, I don't see that um, scriptural. I don't, I don't see a scriptural mandate for that. You know, there's kind of a, when it comes to the gathering of the body of Christ, and Nate can speak to this even more, but mm. there is, as much as there's freedom to express kind of um, ourselves and the gathering as the body of Christ, there there, is, there are things that God has put forth mm. in the epistles that are pretty clear mandates for, for how a church should operate. And there are, frankly, just things that you cannot do on your own, and you, yeah. you can't fulfill all that God has intended for his bride if, if you were kind of just trying to experience one sliver of it. So for that person, I would say, you know, you're really missing out on so much. Mm. I mean, there, there's so, you read the article that most of these things you probably wouldn't be able to, you know, experience. Um, so I feel like, I feel like that's, um, that's maybe people maybe taking a step back from that a little bit yeah. in the culture recently. Mm. I don't know about you guys, but yeah. Cause there's been yeah. more of a, um, I think an emphasis on the need for community in, uh, inside the church and outside the church. So mm-hmm. I've heard less and less of that kind I of, too. you know, yeah. argument, mm. but for someone who does embrace that kind of concept, one of the things that you're doing is you're basically becoming your own pastor. Mm. You're becoming your own eldership. Yeah, uh, you're becoming the only one that's the target of any ministry, mm-hmm. and these are things that are vital to the Christian life. We have to come under authority, including you know, in life, governmental authorities, marital authority. Yeah, uh, we have to come under authority, including spiritual authority. We're to submit to the eldership that God has given us, and we have a choice about which eldership we're going to come under, but. We do have to come under that. So mm-hmm. when you remove yourself from fellowship, it's as if you're saying, I'm the eldership, I'm the pastor, I'm the spiritual authority. And then you need to be in the in the church just showing up in order to have a target for ministry when it comes yeah. to other believers. Mm-hmm. And to remove yourself uh, basically is saying, I'm the target of all the ministry. Yeah, so when I'm at that true. coffee shop, you know, just having me time with the Lord, it's him pointing towards me and I'm the only one that's going to receive during this time. Mm. And then, you know, not to mention just all the learning and the intergenerational, you know, kind of things that happen right. as a result of being in mm. each other's lives and the potential that someone else is going to be the conduit uh, that God is going to use to minister to my life, to right. say something challenging or mm. to encourage me in a special kind of way. So I really agree with Matt, it's a, it's a missing out. And if you were to, if you were just an alien who dropped in and had no preconceived notion about the the church or the body of Christ, and you just started reading the New Testament, you might not expect. Well, there's going to be buildings, and there's going to be mm. you know a weekly schedule, but you would expect that there'd be gatherings of Christians getting together, reading the Bible, teaching the Bible, yeah. singing songs, praying together, right. serving one another. You'd expect to find that kind of thing. And so it's really important in the Christian life. Yeah, so important. Yeah, I know we could have 
a really long podcast episode just about the importance of the church. But yeah, kind of bottom line is like the church is so important for a Christian's life. Mm-hmm. So kind of taking that into account, we, we can then shif- shift into talking about getting ready for church mm-hmm. and actually going to church, how to actually do this thing called going to church. Totally. Nate, you talked about in your article, I love how you kind of like start off even before going to church, you talk about just preparing yourself mm-hmm. for church. What does that kind of look like for you as you're getting ready for church? And you talk about like getting ready the day before. And yeah, all I was just trying to, you, I was sure, trying but. to break it down to just the most <laughs> basic elements. You need to start from the top <laughs> and just work all the way down. You know, just thinking about like, okay, you know, I put like calendar decisions, right. you know, I keep a calendar mm-hmm. and you know, various commitments that I make, I'll put in that calendar. Hmm. And you know, to me, I think put your church attendance in your calendar if you're mm-hmm. that kind of person that keeps right. a calendar because it's like it makes a statement. This is a block of time mm-hmm. that I am dedicating uh, to this. It's not a negotiable block of time. And if mm-hmm. uh, an opportunity arises that is during that block of time, I'm going to have to actually, if I decide for that other thing, I'm going to have to actually delete church Mm. from my calendar, you know? So I just think it's like a good idea, you know, like you're just, you're planning. You know, I heard somebody say one time, you know, when it comes to, you know, life and priorities, you think about the, the idea of like a big jar where you, you're trying to put, you put the big rocks, big rocks into the jar first, and then little rocks will fill in the spaces around those big rocks. And then sand will fill in all the spaces around the big and little rocks. And then you can pour in the water after that. Mm. And the idea was that in life, if you try to put in all the sand, then all the little rocks, then all the big rocks, the big rocks are never going to fit. And there are certain things that we say, these are the big rocks in my Mm. life. Like, God, he's number one. He's number one. But then if we don't prioritize, Mm. you know, and and put that into our lives ahead of time, uh, and we treat treat uh, church attendance and things connected to our discipleship as secondary or uh, optional kind of elements, then we might get to them less than we'd like to. Mm-hmm. And so I just think it's important to, you know, prioritize it, think about it. And I mean, I just talked about simple things <laughs> like, you know, going to bed I know, I at a that. reasonable hour yeah. the night before, Scared setting your alarm, yeah. <laughs> you know, just stuff like that. Because, you know, if I'm going to, you know, be alert and fresh and awake enough to be able to serve the Lord, hear from the Lord the next day, I have to have slept the night before, you know, right. things like that. And yeah. it's, it's just, it, mm-hmm. it's just very practical, but yeah. I think sometimes overlooked. Mm-hmm. But it's cool because it's like thinking ahead to towards that priority. Yeah. in your life. Um, Matt, I'd love to get your kind of perspective on just like day of going to church. Yeah. Are there things that we should be considering just the day of, from the time we wake up till the time like we actually get to church and are participating that we should keep in mind? You think? Yeah, yeah I think so. I mean, Nate mentioned, mentioned some of them, just like waking up early enough to where uh, the clock isn't ruling your morning mm. and uh, you're not, you know, putting yourself and un, undue stress. Um, I think I think there's a lot to be said for that. I mm. think especially for married couples, you know, that are, are wanting to get ready, that have kids. Um, you know, the classic story we hear is, you know, a married couple 
late, you know, maybe the husband is more punctual or actually maybe the wife is more punctual. The husband's, you know, more lackadaisical. And so they've got kind of two styles or two different expectations of when they need to get to church. You know, he thinks coming in a minute before is fine. Mm -hmm. And she's like, no, we got to get there 15 minutes before because we got to get the kids checked and all that. You know, knowing each other, knowing how you, you both work and really kind of setting yourself up to not be screaming at each other on the way to church mm-hmm. or, you know, yeah. having, having those issues. I think there's a lot to be said for that. And that, that is planning and, and that is just really thinking through and thinking ahead. Mm. I think, um, I think just preparing yourself spiritually too. Yeah. I, for me, for me, um, the Psalms are really just really key for me on Sunday mornings. Mm-hmm. Um, very encouraging. I remember Billy Graham said, you know, one time I may have mentioned this, but Somebody asked him, you know, what's the key to, to your spiritual walk and your, your walk with Christ? And he mm. said, I read five Psalms every day. Mm. And that was kind of wow. like his little go-to. And I was thought, man, that's, that's mm. awesome to hear. Um, so I love, I love just kind of sitting in the Psalms on Sundays. And, you know, yeah. it's a big day. We're going to be in the Word a lot. I'm going to be, you know, doing stuff. Um, so I don't do a big study Sunday mornings. But I want right. to get God's mm. Word into my heart somehow. So... The Psalms are usually my go-to for the for the Sunday morning. That's good. And that that mm-hmm. kind of reminds me. Just when you're saying that, it kind of reminds me of a concept that I think is not as front and center anymore, but used to be. I think more of the concept that this is the Lord's day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and yeah. obviously we know that the the Sabbath requirements were fulfilled in Christ, mm-hmm. but still, like the wisdom of that day that is set aside for God. And, you know, we're talking about the, you know, time that you're like publicly gathering with other Christians, whether that's, you know, for a hour and a half church service right. or a couple of church services that you're want serving at and attending and, you know, part of, whether you're lingering for fellowship mm-hmm. uh, before or after. But you're kind of alluding to like, if, if you get a little bit more of a vision that this whole day belongs to God. You yeah. know, and you kind of start mm-hmm. the day with that sense, like of just worship and devotion yeah, and preparing that. your heart. There's just so, you get so much more out of you know that experience. Yeah. You know, and the truth is that we need that so much more than we need um, just the day off. You know, kind of experience. Mm-hmm. You know, the sleeping in, the fleshing out, the yeah. you know, watching TV all day long, the golf game. Like we, we need, yeah, uh, we're spiritual beings. You know, we we need yeah. that that day with the Lord. It's just so important. Amen. Mm-hmm. Nate, uh, you also talk about teaching in in the article and singing. So just kind of like you know, at our church, we we really do emphasize singing for a good portion of our time together and teaching. Those are like the two main Mm -hmm. things. Do you have anything that you want to share kind of about that just in in coming to church? Like how should somebody participate? I guess one in the music time, is it all about singing and raising your hands? (laughs) And then in the teaching, how how do we, how do we engage with the teaching? Yeah. I think the word that I'd use for both of those things and Mm -hmm. they're, they're two, you know, separate, parts of a a corporate gathering but the the word that i'd use is the word active you know Mm -hmm. you want to actively sing and you want to actively listen Mm -hmm. the passive 
to do it passively would be the opposite of that. So passive singing would mean that my mind is not engaged or thinking about what I'm singing. Uh, my mind is not in a state of any prayerfulness at all. But to do yeah. the singing time in an active way, I'm thinking about uh, what I'm singing, and I'm trying to pray as I am singing these things to right. God. Uh, as scripture is being read, I'm trying to actively hear that scripture that's being read during the worship. As someone is praying, I'm trying to actively agree with them in prayer. Mm-hmm. I'm As we're singing and maybe just meditating and thinking, or there's a moment of quiet, I'm trying to actively pray and ask the Lord to speak to me or to encourage me or to direct my life or little burdens that come in. I mean, sometimes we say like, oh God, you know, push out all the distractions of life and help us not to think about any of those things. And I think sometimes the Lord's saying like, well, that's kind of exactly what I want to do. I I want to fill your mind with all the burdens so that you can bring them to me. Yeah, that's good. So like as I'm doing that during the worship Ooh. time, you know, I'm, I want to actively do that. And then the same with the teaching time. You know, there can be a sense where we just kind of, you know, kick back. And like I mentioned earlier, a little bit more of that, like what's this guy want to say approach, hmm. but to actively engage in that, you know. So yeah. I'm, you know, we, we obviously have a, uh, more of a tradition here where it's, you know, teaching uh, Bible passages of the Bible verse by verse. So, you know, in that kind of setting, it's like have a Bible, you yeah. know, with you and follow along, uh, okay. silence your phone. Um, you, if you can't, yeah. you know, take notes on your phone without being tempted to go check Facebook or Twitter or Snapchat or whatever, then, you know, put it away and yeah. go uh, analog, you know, get out the pen and the paper and, you know, write things down. And I know not everybody is a note taking kind of person. Some people are drawers. Some people just have to visibly watch and look. I was talking to a woman the other day who, you know, just with where her eyesight is at at this time of her life and her hearing, she has to just Mm -hmm. lock in and try to look at my mouth the whole time that I'm speaking, you know, because that's her way of being able to concentrate and hear what's being said, but to like actively get into it. I know for me, when I'm listening to someone else teach, one of my customs is um, that I just try to take notes that are so robust that I could potentially uh, re-communicate the whole message based off what I Mm. wrote down. Um, So that's just me, you know, that helps me process it, you know, and think through what's being said and everything. But it's just whatever you have to do to be very active in that whole process rather than passive. Mm. That's good. I like that. I, you know, I think one of the things that um, can be unfortunate, I think, for people that attend church is looking at that 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 worship time the worship and song is kind of like the buffer or like oh yeah this is the pregame warm-up you mm-hmm. know until mm-hmm. we get to the teaching and you know this kind of thing of I'll, I'll just kind of mosey in 15 minutes late 20 minutes yeah. late and i'll sit in the back but we'll be fine because i'm there for the teaching and yeah the teaching is a very important part of the service mm-hmm. but man i just um what the lord has done for me personally through those worship times and song um, I mean, just life-changing moments that God's yeah. been able to speak to me or do exactly what you said, Nate, which is, you know, I, I have this burden, I have this care, and then being able to just kind of give that over to Him and to hear Him say, like, I want to take that for you. I want to mm-hmm. take that from you. So my encouragement, of course, is just, you know, 
don't look at that time as just an unnecessary or just kind of a buffer you know oh, this is the warm-up but really this mm. is this is a big part of the service yeah. i think that's part of the reason we let everybody know at our church when service is starting we have a countdown yeah so that people know like it starts on that first strum you know that mm. first song that first chord um, we want you to be there. We want you to be ready mm-hmm. in your seat, ready to engage, ready to, to actively participate. That's really good. Um, now kind of shifting just to kind of like post-service, um, do you think it's good just to like bounce out of church and just go get some food somewhere? You encourage people to hang out? What, what do you guys think about just like post-service kind of stuff? I'll yeah, Costco gets really busy on Sundays, so man, <laughs> those get Polish there dogs. as quick as you can, get those free samples. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think we're we're all big proponents of this, but um, you know, the the conversations that happen after service, um, and not just around the sermon, but I will mm-hmm. say, oftentimes around the teaching and around what God spoke, like mm. that's just low hanging fruit. Like you don't know what to talk to somebody about. <laughs> you could always say, "Hey, mm. so how did the message bless you this right morning?" There. Yeah, it's like. You know, and and to be able to share how the Lord spoke to you, I just think that that's that's awesome. And then, um, you know, the church is is in the Bible described as a family, and so mm. I think um, I think to feel and to be a part of the family sometimes just requires that effort to say, hey, I'm, maybe today I need to be a big brother to somebody. Mm. Um, maybe today I need to be a sister, or maybe I need to be a spiritual dad to somebody. Maybe I need to be a spiritual mom. You don't know what kind of conversations necessarily the Lord has mm. prepared for you, but to just to just hang around and be willing and ready to be used by the Lord in that place. So yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, huge fan of just being able to fellowship. One of the things that struck me when I came here is that, um, and I know it wasn't always this way at our church, but, but just the fact that people chill and they hang yeah. around. We have an on-site restaurant. I think that encourages that. And I know one of the visions for the restaurant was to encourage people to chill and hang. But mm-hmm. but it's just rad to see people hanging and uh, and just being able to sit and talk to each other and engage with one another. Yeah, totally. Mm. You know, admittedly, uh, for me, I, I believe in that time, that part of the corporate gathering so much. Yeah. And it has zero to do with my personality and my temperament. You know, I'm a yeah. I'm a introvert by nature and really appreciate times that I can just be alone and and honestly a lot of times in a in a large group of people um I'm I'm less than comfortable. Mm. Um but the value that has overridden that thing in my life is just seeing how if you just commit to being around, you know, on a, on a semi-regular basis. Mm-hmm. Again, there's no legalism here. I, right. We all understand that there's times where you just got to go mm-hmm. or you just want to go, you know. It's like mm-hmm. maybe something happened there where it's like, I just need to leave, you know. I just yeah. need to go and just process this or, I, you know, I got to get going with my day or whatever. Yeah. But as a general rule to just have that time where, yeah, you know, 15, 20, 30 minutes uh, after the organized time is over with i'm going to still you know stick around and just go through some unorganized time of just Mm -hmm. trying to get to know people maybe pray with somebody share with somebody um, you know fellowship with people that i already know Mm -hmm. ask some questions of other people that time 
there's just so much value there about of what can actually get accomplished. And so just seeing that over the years has made me say as much as it might be my natural tendency to mm-hmm. kind of pull away from the, the big group and the crowd, um, I see how valuable this is for us to linger in fellowship mm-hmm. together. And so much great ministry happens during that time. Oh, and we yeah. get to use our gifts more during that time in each, in each other's lives individually. So let's go for it. You know, it's, it's kind of been the, the philosophy in, in my heart, at least about it. Oh, yeah, totally. I feel like for me, too, like some of those really great times of personal ministry between me and another person have happened after a church service, mm-hmm. whether it's in yeah, our on-site restaurant, which I feel like we're just really blessed to have that here at our church, or whether that's going out to get a burrito after service yeah, with somebody. Totally. And, totally. Yeah, totally. Totally. You're taking the church, you know, off-site, away yeah. from the organized time. Yeah. It's, it's just not there at the meeting place anymore, which is just awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember, you know, years ago when we would... Uh, ha- for our our weekly weekday midweek evening service, right. uh, people were leaving pretty quickly after the services, and we started trying to. Or I think it was like nine o'clock or nine thirty or something like that. That our our leadership was just trying to get people to stick around until mm. then, you know. And it was like a victory for us. The later that we could get, you know, <laughs> oh, somebody stayed till yeah. 10 o'clock this yes. week, you know, yeah. like the later that we could go, the happier we were because mm-hmm. we just knew and, and and continue to know there's such value mm-hmm. in, in that mm-hmm. time. Yeah, so true. The Love burrito, that. though, that's good. Oh, man, there's nothing like fellowship over a good burrito mm-hmm. or true. a good cup of coffee. Oh, Whew. yeah, dude. So good. It's a blessing. <laughs> and if you're in the South and you try to go to Chick-fil-A on Sunday, that's always kind of a bummer. It's but a big bummer. You always get a burrito, I'm sure, somewhere. Yeah, but, yeah for sure. Um, so, you know, that's kind of the, the article, I think, you know, talking about preparing for church, being there, post-service stuff, and before even going there, just remembering that um, it's about God. God is there. We're meeting with him, with the church. Um, together, but kind of close this out. I was curious, it'd be kind of cool just to hear from you guys just encouragements to people about going to church. And I was wondering if, Matt, if you had made us an encouragement for somebody, I mean, like outside of our church, just like general practices for going to church, anything that mm-hmm. you have just to that person. And I thought it'd be kind of cool for you to speak to somebody just at our church um, if you had anything else on your heart. But, Matt, you want to go first? Anything yeah, that's on totally. your heart? I want to just first say to Nate, uh, just what he shared about kind of maybe his his comfort or temperament. Um, you, you may not say that that comes natural for you, Nate, but I, I just think you do a terrific job yeah. modeling that and setting the tone for our church culture. So um, I think you're doing terrific. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's inspiring to me. So keep on keep on doing it. I know our church mm-hmm. loves it and it's all grace. <laughs> it cool, it may it, to me it looks natural. So, you know, I, I I've heard you say that, but but just keep doing it. the Lord's That's blessing good. it. So, um, you know, I think just one quick encouragement. I, I love that the idea on this article is, you know, just expect the Lord to do something mm. when you gather. Yeah. And um I think I think there's something to that. Um there there are so many different motivations for why we go to a church or why we you know, want to gather and ultimately, you know, to just have that on the forefront that mm. God's going to move, God's going to work. 
And then I would say secondarily, as much as we expect God to do something, um, also have maybe a, a, just a good expectation of people yeah, and not an, an unrealistic expectation of people. Mm. And I guess I'm talking about maybe servants, greeters, you know, people that you encounter. You know, we hear people say, um, yeah, I've been burned by church or I had a bad experience at this church. And, you know, sometimes you hear the stories and it may have yeah. been they, they felt that they were unwelcome or, you know, somebody didn't, you know, make them feel a part of things. And I know they're legitimate experiences that have been painful for people, but I don't think there are many churches that set out to be the cold church or mm-hmm. set out to be, you know, the grumpy church or, you know, that kind of a thing. I think most churches want people to feel welcome and loved. And I think just to understand that, you know, servants, greeters, a lot of these people are taking a step outside of their comfort zone Yeah, to say hi to somebody, to smile at somebody. That may not be their natural mm. inclination. And right. so, you know, just to give people grace, I mm. guess That's I would good. say, and just to have that, that expectation, just a quick thing. You know, this was on my mind, um, you know, being in sanctuary too, I get to kind of hang in the back as people come in. And one of my goals is to say hi to everybody, kind of yeah. have an interaction with everybody. I love that part. It's one of my favorite parts of the service. And um, a couple weeks ago, I was in the back, another one of our pastors came and kind of told me something in my ear. And um, and it was one of those things you just kind of start focusing on something. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, oh, okay, I got to think about that. And so I was still in my place, like where I stand, where I greet people, and, and I, yet I was just concerned with something and I was thinking through something and somebody I normally greet and give a hello to huge handshake, you know, they walked right by me and I just thought, Oh man, mm. um, they probably don't know that I just had something serious on mm. my mind. They could potentially think that I, I just kind of blew them off or I just ignored you're, you're them. You're just over it. One too, many, like, you know one too many handshakes. Get here yeah. earlier, the get a really one. solid handshake. Yeah. <laughs> And I just, you know, at that moment, I pray like, Lord, give me another opportunity to say hi to that person mm-hmm. and, and let them know. But but I think just knowing like that kind of stuff happens and 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 to be able to show grace, what you're going to be doing is you're going to be now kind of creating a culture mm-hmm. in the church um, as opposed good. to this culture of, hey, it's about me. It's about me getting everything the way I want it, but but really kind of allowing grace to kind of override. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A very Christ-like attitude. It is, yeah. Hmm. Nate, do you have anything kind of to say just to to Calvary Monterey, just the church goer here? Anything you have on your heart you want to share with them? Well, you know, one of my favorite principles from the teaching of Christ comes from the Sermon on the Mount. It's about money in its original context, but the statement where he said, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And uh, I really believe that, you know, as we step out in service or commitment to the people in our local church family, a surprising thing just begins to happen so often within us. You know, it's when you guys say that about me and that, you know, you, you think of me as somebody who, gosh, it just seems like you just enjoy being there. You just enjoy Mm -hmm. being around people and loving people. It's, I think that that's a, a byproduct of God's grace and spirit just working in a person's life Mm -hmm. over time as you put your treasure there as you show up as you're present as you attend your whole heart begins to change 
and you begin to have a deeper love for, for God's people. And, um, so to have an ex- expectation, you know, like, man, that could happen in my life, Ooh. you know, over time. And, and what would that be like? And maybe, maybe you've had that, you know, in your past and, and, you know, having been here in this church for, um, nearly 20 years, uh, there've been so many people that, you know, I've been able to watch them in their journey from sometimes afar, sometimes very closely. Sometimes they go through maybe a season where they're very passionate for the body of Christ and love the church. And then something begins to shift and their priorities, you know, begin to shift. And, and pretty soon the church, you know, takes that backseat and the love for the people in the body of Christ. It's there positionally, but practically there's just no room for it in life. And it's always one of the most exciting things to me when that person begins to revive Mm -hmm. in their love for the body of Christ again. And you start to see them like you used to see them attending as much as they used to attend. They start stepping back into service, back into ministry. And then you see their hearts for people begin to expand again, you know, and and that's just a really cool thing to, to watch in someone's life. So I guess maybe an expectation that as we really, you know, do this uh, together, your heart is going to expand, you know, for other people. Thanks for joining us today in this conversation. For more articles and resources from Pastor Nate, please go to nateholdridge.com and search the archives. All of his articles are there. And while you're online, please share an episode of this podcast with a friend. We would love to see this podcast get into as many hands and ears as possible. And as always, tune in next week for a brand new episode from this show. But until then, God bless you guys. We'll see you soon.